0: Dr. Amanda Barrientes went from collecting food stamps to building a six-figure business. She wants to help people to overcome their shames around money. This episode, Amanda discusses the struggles of deciding to find your inner genius, as well as how to find the right coach for yourself
1: it started when I was in grad school and I was, I I left my 15 year marriage having an affair and then my next relationship wasn't working out. I definitely struggled with relationships big time, just not a lot of skills in that area. And um, when we got divorced, then I had, you know, so we had three kids. I'm in grad school and then my next relationship falling apart. So he was moving out and I was laying on the floor crying, going, Oh crap. I'm terrified. I don't know where I'm going to live. I, uh, clearly I'm clearly I'm a wreck with relationships. And then my ex-husband had lost his job. So no child support. And I'm on a grad school stipend at the time, which is very small. And so I was really freaked out. And at the time, you know, we were, I was looking in the, the, it was Craigslist at the time. So I was looking on Craigslist for houses and I couldn't afford anything. And I was like, Oh my God, this is scary. And I had a free counselor through my university that I was teaching at and that she said, you got to go on food stamps. And I was like, oh, my God, I was super embarrassed and shamed about it. But I really didn't have a choice at the time. I didn't have credit cards. I didn't have access to more money. And so. you know, in this night that I was laying on the floor crying, just going like, oh my God, what the heck is happening? What's the, what's the issue here? And I really had a moment where I thought I'm the center of the problems. You know, I was like, who, you know, no one else is to blame because this is a pattern and I've got to fix this. And so I really, in that moment, made a dedicated decision where I said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to have a relationship that works and make and have more money in my life. Yeah. And so I started listening to podcasts mm. because I was super busy and it was free information. And so everywhere I went in my spare time, I was listening to podcasts and I just, I mean, it was like double speed. I was writing notes oh, and I was God. like, just devouring them and going like, oh my God, there's answers. And, and it started to shift my thinking about things. And then as I learned, I was implementing and my life really started to change and then I made another connection that most of the podcasts I was listening to were by coaches. And I was like, what's this coaching thing all about? And so I decided at the end of my graduate career to take the leap and build a business. Mm. And I didn't have a lot of money, but I had just enough saved up for a couple months. And I thought, okay, if I can get my business to fly, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so I took the leap. And then in my first year of business, I went, I built it to six figures. Yeah. And then, you know, since then it's just been this wild fun ride roller coaster of learning business skills and strategy and learning who i love to work with and what i'm really good at doing and and so you know it turns into what i do now which is helping people overcome their money blocks like things like wealth shame money shame money fear money doubt it it affects so many different areas of people's business that i love to help them unblock that part so that then they can make money doing what they love and not really build like a prison out of their business because a lot of people do that
0: yeah so prior to starting nfa which for the listener is no fucking around money which is a fantastic name it tells you what it's doing on the box did you have any other businesses prior to this or was this your first ever business
1: you know i did sort of different arenas but i had i had an ebay business way back in the day i had you know i was always driven to make money from home because mm. I had three kids. So yeah. my ex-husband and I had a business for a while. It was his business. And I was like the bookkeeper and which was a funny adventure. And, <laughs> and I had, so I had small businesses. I, uh, I had, a I did some real estate investment for a while with my dad when I was, my, two of my kids were younger. Yeah. And, and so I've had stints, mm. but never really like this, never an online business and never anything that w- went huge. It was always just like, how can I make a thousand extra bucks a month? Yeah. And so when I took this on, it was like, I need to make a full-time income and that's what I'm creating. And and it was also very inspiration driven. I was like, I really wanna help the world understand that these skills can change their whole reality.
0: Yeah. So did you have any kind of transferable skills from your, your previous businesses or your previous small side hustles that you've brought to NFA?
1: I would say not from those businesses necessarily, but definitely from my graduate degree, uh, learning how to teach and speak. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like I had classes. I had one semester where I taught 150 students in one lecture hall. So it was like every week you're creating three lectures to 150 students. Really valuable skill. Um, to be able to whip out a lesson and go and teach and, and get over my fear of public speaking and and learning how to integrate a, a curriculum, which really translates well in coaching world where you go like, oh, I'm going to walk people through a step-by-step process to get them to an end goal. Mm. And so those skills were very helpful and, and critical thinking and research and all those tools have been really helpful. And then also, of course, I, my PhD is in sociology yeah. and with a focus on behavioral sciences. And so I learned a lot about people and how we operate in our minds and and you know in sociology it's a lot more about the macro systems but with my points of focus it was very social psych based Um, I did life history interviews with incarcerated men and so I learned a lot about transformation and what causes people to want to change
0: Mm. and so going from that kind of idea of change because I'm assuming I haven't done the NFA program listener but if you contact Amanda, you can do it yourself. And the concept of NFA is about aligning your energy, mindset and habits to manifest more things in your life, such as money, success, relationships and such like that. How do you get your client from point A to point B? Point A being I'm in the dumps, I'm down, I'm low to point B being, you know, successful in whatever way they term that.
1: Yeah. You know, I would say the starting point for people is different. Sometimes it, I don't generally work with people who are down in the dumps to the point where they're on food stamps because they probably wouldn't be able to work with me. Right. Yeah, fair <laughs> but enough. I would say. They might be, and that's not true because I have a lot of free stuff that people can access. Absolutely. When they're working with me as a client, it's more about this high level awareness of that something's not right. And Mm. I feel like I'm working pretty hard and Mm -hmm. I'm not getting where I want to go. And so it's helping them understand what's unconsciously stopping them from getting where they want to go. And it's fascinating to work with money. And the reason I chose that specifically is because it's such an outward expression of what you're thinking about within. So if you have a scarcity mindset, you're going to have scarcity around money. If you have a belief that money is hard to make, you're going to be overstressed and overworked. If you believe money is bad, you're going to make a whole bunch of money in your business and sabotage because you are afraid of, of making too much money because you have unconscious limiting beliefs. And so I really love how, you know, I always say to people, Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. Mm. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to start working on what's within. Mm -hmm. And so money is one of those outer expressions. that's really easy to measure and gauge. Mm. And how you feel about money really shapes your it it helps, it gives me a lot of insights into what people are thinking. And so I always start people with that process of like, let's walk through your money story and understand your money history and break down your beliefs about money so that we can then start to enhance the way you interact with it because money is just a relationship.
0: Yeah. And so where did the the title No Fucking Around come from? And how is that kind of the through line of the whole program?
1: Yeah. Um, It actually came from my childhood, a volleyball team in my childhood where I was uh, working, I was, I wanted to be on a volleyball league, but I had other sports going on. And so I was like, Oh dad, let's do a rec league. And you only needed one adult. So it was my dad. And then a whole bunch of my friends on mm. an adult volleyball league. So of course we killed it yeah. <laughs> and we named our team team NFA. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, every team I had after that, that, you know, I was always doing athletic events and sports teams and stuff. So I'd always name us team NFA. And then one day I was coaching someone and he said, you know, you're really, you really tough love, like my dad, like you're hard on me. And it really works because you also have this soft sensitive side. And I said, well, I'm not fucking around about your transformation. I really care. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's stuck in my mind. It's stuck in his mind. And then at an, I was at a a, a chamber meeting networking right. and growing my business and i shared this story with somebody like that's really powerful so then i put it on my instagram bio yeah. and then this woman came along and said like that is awesome i want you to come on my on my um podcast and so it was my first podcast interview and she loved the brand and so i decided to name my company that after getting so much feedback that it would work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a compelling message. It's like, okay, you suddenly you see that title NFA, no fucking around, you're like, right, buckle in guys, it's time to go. Is it a philosophy you came to once the food stamps had kicked in and once you kind of hit that wall, you were like, right, I'm not fucking around anymore.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it was it, to me when people are at a really critical pain point, mm-hmm. they finally decide I'm tired of this and I'm willing to change. I'm willing to do what it takes to change. Yeah. And so it's that moment of like be NFA about everything you do. Like it could be NFA joy, NFA fun, NFA money, NFA like successful life. And the core of NFA is really just radical responsibility, Mm. where you go, like, I'm really willing to do what it takes and stop pointing the finger at other people and recognize that. And I think of the word responsibility as the ability to respond. Right. So you go, I'm willing to respond differently to my life, Mm. stop pointing the finger at other people, take radical responsibility and watch everything change because you, you gain all your power when you decide that like, okay, it's me and I can actually change this because I'm in control of my thoughts my decisions and my actions
0: right and in a business mindset are you taking clients from say making I don't know ten thousand dollars a month to twenty thousand is that the kind of coaching you offer or is it mainly just a personal kind of life-based coaching
1: much more the person I've worked with people who didn't even have a business and they wanted to start a business mm. I've worked with people who've been in business for years and have very successful businesses the interesting thing that's You know money blocks cut across all people men women race class gender like it doesn't matter what amount you make people have money blocks at every level and so um i've gotten to work with a lot of different types of people right and a lot of different types of entrepreneurs
0: right and so you bring these people into what you've coined as the zone of genius
1: I didn't coin that, but yes, I bring them into the zone of genius. That's so if you have read the book uh The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks, that's his term. And it's I, I build my whole community around let's let you live in your zone of genius and make money doing it. And that's your highest level, it's it's your easiest way to manifest money because you're doing what you enjoy.
0: Right. So can you give me and the listener an example of how we can get into our zone of genius? How do we go from Dumb dumb to Einstein. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> the the easiest, simplest, fastest way is to start looking at what brings you joy. So I have people do a list like, what do I love to do? What brings me joy? What would I get up and do for free? Mm. Versus what do I really dislike? And what am I shooting myself to do? What what have I been told that I should do? What do I kind of hate? Those people have things on their list that they hate where they go like, right. oh, I hate doing this. I wish I could just drop it completely. Mm. And then they have things where they're like. I can't wait to get up in the morning and do this. And Mm. so people want to start wherever they are on that spectrum. Maybe they're living full-time in the place that they hate, or they're living a lot of the time in the place that they love. You want to do more of that. And so your feelings are always going to be your guide in that direction where you go, oh, feeling is a feedback loop telling Mm. me what I enjoy to do. And I'm just going to start doing a little bit more of that every single day and let that expand and grow Mm. and then watch what unfolds over time.
0: Right. So when you're in the zone of genius, the next step is implementing universal laws. Mm-hmm. What are the universal laws and when we're in that zone of genius how do we implement those?
1: Yeah, so so zone of genius will will draw on universal laws because if you look at the law of frequency and the law of attraction, it's it most people talk a lot about the law of attraction behind that is the law of frequency and frequency is going to be the measure of it, really the state of energy that you're emitting. Out uh, and from your different feelings of joy, all the way from fear, shame, guilt, doubt, uncertainty, imposter syndrome, procrastination, and all those things, all the way up into joy, love, appreciation, inspiration, uh, enlightenment—even would be like at the highest level. And so, you, when you're in your zone of genius, you're going to be at higher levels because Mm. you're going to feel way less fear. You're going to take inspired action. Mm. You're going to want to spontaneously do what it takes because you enjoy doing it so much. Yeah. And so helping people shift into that is what gives them the greatest power, uh, uh, applying the laws of vibration and and law of attraction. So when you are in the law of frequency, you want to be thinking, where is my energy? Mm. How do I feel? What am I because your thoughts become your reality and your thoughts will inform your energy. So the law of attraction is a beautiful, non-discerning Obedient master, let's say, (laughs) because it's going to always give you what you're thinking and feeling. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you say I want something, it's what you think and feel about that thing. Right. And so you I help people get aligned and clear and conscious. So I, I have a term called competing commitments where they have those competing belief systems. So your unconscious is 95% of you, your conscious is 5% of you. So you could say, I wanna have a super successful, amazing business doing all the things I love, but then your 95% belief system could be like, you're full of crap. You don't know how to do it. You've never done it before. You've failed before. People will think you're crazy. Hmm. Uh, you're you're an imposter. And if it, you have all that belief and energy, it's going to win out every time because it's the dominant part of you. Yeah. And so helping people eliminate their competing commitments helps them move into more of a direction of getting what they say they want to get.
0: Yeah. So how can I, you know, me personally, because it's just me and you here talking, how do I eliminate my competing thoughts how do I lessen them how do I get from you know having that five percent that wants to get it done and that 95 percent that's doubting how can I kind of shift that balance
1: so first you always need awareness like mm. always got to start becoming aware if in the first point of awareness is am I getting what I say I want if you're not then you go where am I not getting what I say I want and then you go what must I believe to be true to get this result and start playing with it, most people don't take the time to be conscious of their belief system. So they just they go, oh, I learned all these things about money, and I, they never stop to go, what do I believe about money? Like, what what did I what was I taught about money? Yeah. What do I What do I feel about money? And so it's, it's, it sounds so simple, but starts with awareness. It starts with going like, huh, what must I believe to be true? This is one, one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. What must I believe to be true to be getting this result? Yeah. And just start playing with it. There's no, there's no perfect right answer for anybody. It's about exploring and digging. And you'll find the moment when you go, oh my God, that's what I believe. And it must've come from this. you start being a detective, of your own life and, and you take that NFA radical responsibility approach and go, I am willing and dedicated to being a detective of my own belief system so that I can transform my brain into, it's kind of fun to say like a money making machine, right? Like you can train your brain to make money. Yeah. That's all it is. It's
0: just mm. habitual thinking. Mm. I, I must admit, I hit a point probably about 18 or 19, maybe even 20, I don't know, somewhere in my late teens, early 20s. And I looked around the room and I was like, everything in this room has made somebody either rich or a millionaire, even down to the, you know, the the kind of plastic handle uh-huh. on, on a door or anything like that. I'm like, how? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was thinking to myself, how is this possible? And I was like, that person saw a thing, decided to make it, they focused in, and now it's, you know, in my house. It might have come from China, might have come from America, who knows where it came from. But there's yeah. someone at the top of that tree who is making a lot of money. And whether or not that business makes them happy or not, it is is, you know, is up for debate. But it's one of those things where I feel like most people don't even give themselves the opportunity to have that that freedom of thought to go, Do yeah. you know what? I can make money doing anything as so yeah. long as as I enjoy doing it. And if you don't enjoy doing it, that's when you employ people to do what you're doing and then you just sit at the top and do whatever. But yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a brilliant thought you had. Right. I mean, just to have that thought is like, is an abundant mindset where you go like there are a million ways to make a million dollars.
0: Yeah. And I feel like most people don't, don't give themselves the opportunity to, to have those thoughts. So how do you encourage people to, to start allowing those thoughts in that? You know what? There's a lot of money out there. I just have to find my, my section where my money is at type thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say it's it's mindset training where you decide that you're going to start thinking differently. Mm. And so most people, because we live by the negativity bias, mm. it, we're tracking our environment all the time for mm. survival threat. Yeah. And so what that means is we're going to remember negative things eight times more easily than positive things. Right. And also what it means is that your brain is automatically set up mm. to, to protect mm. and to keep you safe. And in that, it's going to keep replaying the stories, even if they're not true, even Mm. if they're limiting you, it's going to keep replaying that instead of having you expand your thinking. Because it's where it keeps it safe, and so you've got to take the, the initiative to have conscious decision. I love, you know, Bob Proctor talks about it as paradigms. He says, "Change your paradigm, change your life." Yeah, you that doesn't just happen to you because yeah. we are born animals yeah. who are driven to survive, mm-hmm. and so survival is is not expansive in thinking. It's it survival is how do I keep myself safe?
2: Yeah,
1: and so you've got to decide. Oh, I'm actually willing to assess and to to pick apart to deconstruct to let go of all the limiting beliefs and stories that i've bought into that have created my reality and i've got to start reconstructing new ones and then trust that it's a process and know that it's a process it's a long lifelong journey i still bump up against blocks that I then go oh I have the tools to break this down. Mm-hmm. Most people are way too impatient mm-hmm. and they want instant gratification so they go oh, I'm going to start doing something new. I try it for a couple days or even let's say a month but then it doesn't get the immediate success I want and they quit. Yeah. And that doesn't work because your brain is a habitual machine. It's mm-hmm. got to be retrained in a new habitual way. Right. And so that's why most people don't break through to the levels they want to break through to. Yeah.
0: And so I'm assuming part of NFA is you are there as a constant reminder or a constant kind of coach because you are a coach to push people forwards and to keep them going for however long it takes.
1: Yeah absolutely well and and i would say i draw out from within i help i love the word educo education the root of it is a latin word mm. educo which means to draw out from within right. so what i'm looking to do is draw the the genius out from within people so that they can be their own master like i'm not someone who's going to sit there and be like hey accountability you didn't do this you didn't do that you got to be ready you got to be willing you got to be decisive you got to take action no one else can do that for you i can show you the way to train your brain yeah and that's up to you to do what i'm telling you works <laughs> based on research and and experience
0: yeah and so you sorry you did your doctorate in is it psychology or sociology you said
1: sociology
0: sociology yeah. and so sociology is the study of people and kind of
1: yes yeah, society systems macro systems culture
0: yeah right okay so do you mind talking a bit about your doctorate and kind of what you covered and how that went for you because a doctorate is a big undertaking to to do and it be ashamed to have you here and not have you talk about it a little bit because
2: <laughs> it's influenced well, your career
1: yeah I'll say it influenced me in ways where I realized at the end I didn't want to be in academia because it was a it, it, at least in my the culture I was in it was Super high stress, not a lot of freedom in terms yeah. of amount of money you can make. Yeah, Like as I was getting to the end of my graduate degree, I was like, oh, apply for 50 jobs, maybe get one in another state where you don't want to live and then work your ass up again for another seven years to gain tenure and then not make that much, not even make six figures. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is not what I want. So I learned that. <laughs> so it definitely set me up well for entrepreneurship. You know, allowing me to see a direction where I could use my love of teaching and make more money and more impact doing it. And so those were huge gifts. Sociologically thinking, I mean, there's a there, the gift there is that you when you learn any rigorous course of study over a period of time, you see how your brain gets trained in a very specific direction. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had this contract of contrast of when I was a kid, I was raised um, fundamentalist Christian. So very black and white way of thinking. And then sociology, oddly, was also a very black and white way of thinking, at least the way I approached it was there was a lot of black and white thinking going on. So I started to learn to expand the thinking and go, how can I apply all of the things I've learned in different new ways where we, we look at all sides. Mm. And part of that was running into mentors that I've worked with and, and going and then helping me expand my mindset and new ways of thinking. So um, in addition, the research I did with the incarcerated men, oh, so mind blowing, you know, because we're talking about guys who had some of the worst, hardest, most traumatic histories. Mm. And they were in the program of recovery where they were like, their mindset was like, completely empowered and not victimized and to me it was looking at their life histories it was like they could have easily just stayed in the place forever of like i got abused i was in a gang because my parents didn't love me you know they're carrying weapons at 10 years old selling drugs like just crazy horrific abusive lives Mm. and then here they are really inspired to make a difference in their own life and other people's. And I was like, that is cool. It really helped me see the other side of the story that we were running about perpetrators and violent men. It was like, well, there's a reason that that happened and it's possible to change. Yeah. And so was, th- those parts were amazing to get to experience. I and mean, it was life altering research for me, really great for them because they got to share parts of themselves that they had never shared before, which also taught me a lot about shame mm. and how we, when we hold on to shame, it can be really toxic. And when we liberate the things that we sh- feel shame about, even sometimes just sharing with somebody yeah. is huge. Like every, I had, all but one I interviewed 40 guys and all but one said to me, I've never told this to anybody and would cry and be like, thank you for hearing my story. Yeah. It was like, it makes me want to cry right now. You know, it was just like such powerful emotional connection. And it was just because they were sharing their story.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like sometimes the first step to getting someone into that abundance mindset and accepting themselves is to first of all, just hear them out because they have never had a chance to just freely say who they are and, and how they are
1: absolutely yes and it's them it's it's what i think the core of that is is people knowing how much they matter mm. You know, like we often think of prisoners as throwaways, you know, like, oh, mm. you're not important. You're a bad person. Instead going like you you matter. And I and I hear that you had all these things happen and mm. and your story is meaningful. Yeah. And so when we and, and then also knowing that other people are experiencing the same thing is really powerful, too. So, mm. you know, in my work that I do with people, I, I love to have groups often mm. where they get to hear each other and everyone sees like, oh you're in this too, you feel the same things. You're scared, you have imposter syndrome too. Oh, you're afraid of how much money you're gonna make too. And then you go like, oh, I'm not alone. I think we really, as humans, we don't wanna be alone. It's a survival thing, right? It's like, isolation is a form of torture.
0: Mm. So speaking from a personal perspective, I have suffered with imposter syndrome in most, if any jobs I've had, I suffer with it now in the the job I've chosen or the career I'm, I'm pursuing. And it's kind of comforting sometimes when I go, well, see that person at the top, they also started off one day not knowing anything. Whether that was five years before me or five years after me, they didn't know anything and look where they're at now. How do you overcome imposter syndrome? Because I, I know not everybody is as uh, rational as I am or is, as kind of like free flowing in their thoughts as I am. So I, I'm always curious, how, how did you deal with imposter syndrome?
1: Uh, much in the same way you did. I love that you the way that you allow your brain to have that expansive thought of like, wait a second, like other people started here and I'm comparing myself to them. A lot of imposter syndrome has to do with negatively comparing yourself to other people around you, because you always go like, I'm not as good as them or I'm not as good compared to who or what, like, who are you comparing yourself to? Usually it's that people are comparing themselves to someone that's one, five, 10, 15, 20 years ahead of them. Yeah. So of course you're not as, you know, quote unquote, good as them. Mm. You don't have the experience yet. Yeah. And so it's learning to, to, to it, it's the first, the recognition of knowing that comparison is the death of joy. Mark, yeah. Mark Twain said that, I love that quote, because yeah. you go like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime you're in a place of comparison, You are killing your opportunity to be joyful because you, you just need to measure yourself against yourself. You just go like, am I getting a little bit better every day? Awesome. Mm. And remember that it's a long-term journey. And so with imposter syndrome, you know, I I really like to help people share what their fears are first and then break down by having different perspectives and going like, well, where have I been in the past really empowered in an area? So, you know, the easiest way is to go and look at yourself and go, what am I really good at right now? Yeah. So let's say it's running yeah. and you go, okay, did I skid up on day one and run a marathon or did it take me, for me, it took years to run a marathon. It was like, oh, my first mile, I was dying. And I was thinking like, I'm never going to be able to run a marathon. <laughs> And then I just kept going and I kept building and I took several years. And then at the several years, I'm like, Oh, cool. I can totally run a marathon. Now I can go out and run 13 miles. No problem. Like that kind of thing. But it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. So it's interesting that we have this belief that in our business, we should be able to go out and overnight just be super successful. Yeah. It just, it doesn't work that way. And so it's, 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 you know, one of the, the main ways to help yourself. And I really think about this as NFA questioning is like, Question everything you believe. Yeah, like always, question your beliefs because mm. I guarantee you most of them are built on limiting beliefs that you got that were created for you in the past at some point.
0: Yeah, I've noticed there's a there's a common theme amongst all of my guests, and the, to the listener who's listened to all the previous episodes before this, they probably heard this a thousand times. So I'll skip the the non-relevant parts and I'll get to the mm-hmm. one relevant part that's that's sticking out to me here. A lot of entrepreneurs seem to question themselves, question their surroundings all of the time. And yeah. that's the first step. But then the second step that I is that most, if not all the people I've spoken to, which is well over 20 people now, they have actionable habits. So how do you mm-hmm. tend to get from having a question, seeing a problem, and then getting to an actionable habit for yourself, Amanda?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's funny because my podcast now is named Max Potential Money, but it used to be named Max Potential Habits. Oh,
0: I didn't know (laughs) that. it's
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's because I broke it down into going like, what is the core root foundational place to shift? and so for me now the outcome is money and part of that is changing your habits right Mm -hmm. so it's like energy your energetic alignment your belief system and then your actions and the actions is the habits your habits are going to be informed by what you believe Mm -hmm. and what you feel right Right. and so in order for you to change your habits you got to start changing what you believe Mm -hmm. and and you know in habit transformation i always call it strategic habits you know it's like strategic autopilot habits is what we need to create
2: yeah
1: and those words are important it's strategic which means you've got to create a system around it the autopilot part is where you repeat something so much that it becomes automatic Mm -hmm. and it's your habits it's what you do over and over and over again and so your habits will not completely transform your life Mm. and the reason i start with belief and energy is because that's where it really starts it's rooted in those things and so once you shift some of those beliefs then you just take really strategic you know i don't know if you've read atomic the book atomic habits i
0: have it's all about you, you do something once it's it's minuscule, but you keep going, and going, and going, and it, it exactly up and, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like compound interest, right? Yeah. You develop compound interest in your habits mm. and you just take one small step every single day. So, yes. you know, for me, for example, when I started, it was like, I'm just going to start listening to podcasts as mm. much as I possibly can. And yeah. that was the habit I developed. That habit started to completely change the way I thought, which right. then caused me to take different actions, which then changed my outcomes.
2: Yeah,
1: And, and it was just one habit I changed. I mm. didn't change anything else at the time. It was just, okay, I'm going to start listening to these podcasts as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it, and it worked because it informed so many other parts of my reality.
0: Mm-hmm. And, as you changed your reality and as you kind of realized things actually no let me let me skip back let's skip way way back to the first day one you started nfa it might not have been called nfa at the time you've got that first client what was that like what was that feeling like were you nervous were you scared
1: so funny to think about um you know, I'd say my first high paying client. So I had a, a, when I was in this workshop, they assigned us clients and they were for free. And right. then he paid me the first $5. I was like, you want to be my first paying client? And he pulled out five bucks from his wallet. He's like, yeah. yes. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so that was a little different. The first one that I really got at it when I was like, I'm starting my business. Here I go. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was so inspired and I mm. felt so clear that I could figure it out. Yeah. I really had no clue what I was doing, really, yeah. you know. And I also knew that I had I I, I had strategies that worked for myself wow. that I could teach other people. Mm. And so I dove in all the way and I just said, I'm going for it. This is, you know, this is what I want to do. And I'm certain I can get results. Mm. And I was so dedicated to getting those results that my fire lit up a fire in them. And mm. so it it I wouldn't say I was. I was. I wasn't scared. I don't. You know. I'm full. If I really look deep into it, yeah, I don't think there was fear. It was. It was excitement, Mm. and. Yeah, I'm sure imposter syndrome came in there some. For you know, it was like, I don't totally know what I'm doing. And right when I'd have that thought, I'd be like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, (laughs) let's figure it out. And so it was. It was fun.
2: Yeah,
0: because I I know it's difficult to start a business, especially from the situation you were starting out in where you were kind of you know having to take you know national aid food stamps all that kind of stuff it it's difficult to go Do you know what i'm not only going to not work for someone else but i'm going to work for myself i'm going to make this into a big success not just a small thing that keeps me like coming along coming along and did you kind of realize things were going to the extent they were going to now as in you, you was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a six figure business. Or you kind of just sow in the weeds with it or you didn't even notice until one day you looked up and you're like, hey, I'm kind of successful right now.
1: Well, I set it as my goal when I started to have a six-figure business in my first year. Right. Like when I, when I took the leap and I went full-time for that mm. first year, I was like, I'm going six figures. I have no clue how it's going to happen. Yeah. And there was definitely, it was about, I was like in the third quarter when I was like, oh dear, I don't know if this is going to happen. I've declared it out loud to everybody in my mm. podcast and everywhere.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like biting my nails a little bit like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But I just kept staying strong and all the things I was learning about about money making and business and 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 again like you know you when you said you would look around and look at oh there's a million ways to make money mm. i would go i i see successful coaches out there there's no reason i can't do that yeah and so i just stayed so firm in that belief mm. and i did work a lot harder i mean i worked hard that mm. year i now i work way less yeah. because i i still work but it's a very different level of stress because yeah. i've learned strategies i've learned you know just you get better and better at what you do Mm. but i definitely yeah i was highly driven to break six figures and so i just kept pushing and it did feel like that in some ways was like pushing 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 i was pretty tired at the end of that first year
0: (laughs) and so how did you kind of did you work backwards you go right let's say for, for arguments sake six figures 100k I'm going to work back from that. I'm going to go, hmm, I need 10 clients paying me $10,000 or were you kind of just like freeballing it?
1: I definitely did look at like, okay, how am I going to get there? And I implemented a whole bunch of different things. And what I saw working the, the fastest and easiest was high one-on-one coaching with higher paying clients. Yeah. And so I hyper focused on that. And mm. then on the side, I was like, oh, I'll create this and I'll create that. Like a mastermind, like a really low cost. It was like a, a group, you know, a group, thing yeah wasn't highly successful had some amazing people in there and made some money yeah but my by far my one-on-one high end was what was making the big bucks and right. so that's what I focused on mostly selling Yeah. and then you know then I even created an online course I sold one
3: Right.
1: <laughs> so I've learned so much since then you know but it was like I tried out a whole bunch of different stuff that I was seeing other people be successful at yeah and I, I got a lot of mindset and um well I wouldn't even call it mindset. I, I kept training myself and investing in myself. Mm. And then, you know, it wasn't until this year that I invested in high level business consulting for yeah. my own business. Before that was more like work on yourself, work on yourself, invest in yourself, invest in shifting your thinking. Yeah. And so the, the mix of those two makes it easier and easier, you know? So I go like my, one of my main mantras is make, work less, make more, have fun. Mm. And so that's, you know, I'm like, that's the trajectory I want my business to be going in, which it is, you know, it's like every year I work less, I make more and I have more and more fun because I'm able to let go of a lot of the fears and doubts and uncertainty and um, you know, like learning manifestation strategies and things like that that I implement on a really consistent basis. And I still like I like to tell people I'm human. I I implement I, I teach mm. what I'm teaching because I'm working on it on myself. Right. Yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm it's getting results for me and the people I work with. So then I teach it and I'm like, this works, cool. Yeah. So it's like I'm working on through these same things. I might just be one or two steps ahead of some of the people I'm working with.
0: Yeah. So in the mindset of Working less, making more, and having fun. You went and got yourself a business coach. You just said, "What has your experience been like having a business coach? What What did it do for you personally?"
1: You know, I would say that it gives you more f- clear, focused attention. Um, I and it, I would. It, it, I think people need to be really strategic about who they're looking for for what reasons. Mm. You know, you want somebody who's really good at what they do, who's been there and done that. Yeah. And that's who you're hiring that expert for those reasons. So I chose someone who's built several multi-million dollar businesses mm. and has a proven track record. So I'm like, cool, awesome. That's who I want to work with. Mm. And so it's its about, I mean, sometimes we need encouragement. You know, it's like encouragement. It's someone seeing your blind spots that you can't see. It's someone helping you continuously refine. It's somebody uh, pulling you up challenging you being mm. i like to be you know brutally honest with my people i just go like nfa style like i'm not going to mess around with you because i want you to get results
0: yeah so i guess in the kind of mindset of us trying to get results and reprogram our minds and have things set for for the listener what is an exercise that we can do today or this week or this month that will get us that one step closer to having that no fucking around attitude and kind of embodying that
1: i would say first ask yourself your belief system around money and so start asking yourself like what do even just the question what do i believe about money
2: Mm.
1: what do i believe like write down the words wealthy people are blank Mm. and see what comes out and then go uh making more money is blank Mm. you know where, what do I believe about money? And just let yourself write and start to explore because most people have not had that thought mm. and they have not taken the time to assess that. Yeah. And then of course I may mean, have all kinds of strategies and tools. Like I've, I i do not know if you've taken the money blocks profile. If you go right. to moneyblocksprofile.com it gives you a, two minute quiz and Mm. then gives you an eight page download with a whole bunch of exercises in there and so everything I do is actionable strategies and I really like to think of you know I'm helping you with practical manifestation because you've got to get practical you've got to understand it you've got to start doing do training your brain in a new direction and taking action and so everything I create is helping people with that
0: Give me an example of something you've manifested because I personally, I feel like I didn't realize what the law of attraction was or manifestation was until I've learned about it. I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. I've been thinking, hey, yeah. I want to do this thing or I want to go here and do this and then I'm there doing it or then I have that thing. So what's an example of something you've manifested for yourself either recently or previously?
1: uh, uh, my fiance. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really fun because when I learned all the manifestation strategies, I so applied it to my business and I just was like, yes, yes. All these cool things are happening. And then I I got a love coach and she was like, you realize you can create, you can do the same thing with Mm. love. I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was interesting how my brain hadn't gone that direction. And so just implementing really specific strategies Mm. and, Watching my love life completely shift. And of course, you know, this whole journey that I'm on started at a, at a divorce and mm. a breakdown. And it's been lots of years of, of me working on my inner self. Mm. And so cr- becoming the person I would want to be with. Mm. And I wasn't that person at the beginning. and Like I had an affair and my next relationship was a huge struggle. And mm. it's because I still needed to master self-love and, you know, different parts of myself and, and learn how to communicate and all the things you know so i've got to have like a ton of repair in those relationships and go ah now i'm ready to have a very fulfilled deeply connected relationship right and it's it's and i like to remind people that like that was a journey it did not happen overnight
0: Mm. on the journey to mastering yourself is there a point where you can kind of go oh wow i've done an amazing job here or is it kind of an always going thing is it always ticking over you constantly trying to become a master or you constantly learning
1: i would say it depends on who you are Mm. like i learning is my highest value i Mm. love learning so i'm always learning like I don't spend one day of my life where I don't learn something new. I'm always reading. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm watching YouTube. Even podcast interviews. It's like, you're learning a ton. Yeah. Um, I have my consultants. I have like, I'm just learning, learning, learning all the time. Yeah. I think where people get stuck is where they don't take time to pause and celebrate their wins. And then they get on that treadmill and they feel like they've always got to make it to the next level without actually slowing down to enjoy the present moment. And that's why most entrepreneurs are super stressed out is because they see the goal and the mountain at the end. And they're, they're, they're most of them are pushing hard to get there. They get there and they're, they're kind of like, is this what this is? And they're and they've already set their sight on the next goal. Yeah. And so they get into this cycle of burnout. And so I think it's really important to, to take time mm. and to celebrate yourself yeah. and slow down and self-reflect because often you need to take a step back to move forward. Right. Which taking the step back means like give yourself some space to reflect on what's working and what's not working. Yeah. And that's the process of refinement. So I think that for most people, they're they've got to be very strategic and conscious about taking those breaks and, mm. and really celebrating themselves. And everyone needs to do that, but some people are better at doing it automatically than others. Yeah. Some, some other people just, especially when in the, they're in the money block, money is scarce and yeah. and money causes stress. They just, it's like cracking the whip on themselves at all points in time yeah. and never really slowing down to go like, what have I created? What do I want to create? And because they think once I get there, I'll be happy. And then that the there never comes because they're always moving and upping the ante and moving the moving it forward. Yeah, cool.
0: Well, Amanda, I have one final closing question for you. What brings you the most joy in your line of work?
1: Watching people have breakthroughs where you literally can see their energy shift real time. It's like, like I've I've worked with people for they're like oh my God, I've been believing this my whole entire life. And it's completely holding, has held me back. And it's like, you go, and it's a simple thing often, you know, it's almost always something simple. They just didn't see or take the time to reflect on. So it's like that one thought shift. It's like you're one thought away from ultimate happiness, success, joy, fun, money, all the things. It could just be one thought that's been holding you back. So when I get to help people shift their belief systems and and then make more money, which to me, money represents freedom of choice. And You know, you get time freedom and choice freedom. That is fun. I mean, that is like life altering. It makes me so happy to experience that.
0: This is where to find Amanda online.
1: For everyone listening, I know that we have covered a lot of, fun stuff about money and money blocks definitely go take the money blocks profile so if you just go to moneyblocksprofile.com moneyblocksprofile.com it's a really quick easy tool to assess where your current money block is and then it leads you to a free masterclass as well so you'll get tons of tips tools strategies and then you'll get a masterclass that will help you learn all three because you're going to run into them across your life course and so definitely go there all things are on my website, nfamoney.com. And then I also have a free 30-day mini course called 30 Money Making Secrets. So 30 Secrets.com. That gives you a, every day, a five-ish minute video delivered straight to your inbox with money mantra and, and thoughts that are gonna help you. Thoughts, habits, energy shifts that are gonna help you shift your money reality.
0: Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.